0: Three, two, one. Here we go. Hello, and welcome back to the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tollison, calling in from Sunnyvale, Texas. Walker Lott, my other half, joins me from College Station. Walker, I'm kind of surprised either of us are, are functional enough to move after standing out in the 102 degree heat yesterday all day on our feet i mean props to ourselves i i think um we did very well <laughs> surviving the heat but i mean we had a lot of fun and a lot of really really interesting things happened watching seven on seven yesterday first of all how are you doing second of all how are you recovering from the blistering texas sun
1: oh you know it was a fantastic day yesterday i went you know went home got a shower and I sat on the couch and got snow cone. And I think that was a perfect, perfect night. Watched the bear. It was a great night. And honestly, like, I think, you know, it was so much harder for us than the guys who were playing multiple, multiple games, you know? It's just so much more difficult. I'm just playing, but, uh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, sitting out there, I think I told you, I was like, man, I, I, I didn't even play seven on seven. I, I'm so happy I'm out of high school, like, not doing that no more because that's, they, they it's tough, and you know you have to respect all those guys playing what like nine nine ten games maybe over two days like it's impressive
0: no it's ridiculous hey I can say that i I played I played seven on seven both ways too so I when I jab and poke fun and say i I was more tired than the guys playing it's all in jest because I played too but I Legit, I must just be getting old because as tired <laughs> as I was just standing out there, I can't imagine, number one, how I played in that, number two, how those kids are playing in that now, and especially the smaller schools where everyone has to go both ways. I mean, I, I can't give those guys enough props just for how much grit it takes for for just seven on seven, but you it's know- incredibly...
1: It's crazy, like, looking back at, like, high school now where you're, you know, you're up at 6 a.m. for workouts and you don't go home till, like, 6 p.m. some days in high school, and, like, I could not do that nowadays, and you do that five, six days a week, or five days a week most of the time, like, it's crazy how, like, you're in high school, you it's just, just like, repetition, and then you come to college, and it's totally different. Dude, it
0: was just I guess it's just normal to you. I had a in, in college, I have I have two classes in one day and I'm like, man, I'm wiped out. That was a tough day in high school. It's 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. It's just uh, it's it, it's a grind. But, you know, the kids again, I, I can't, like I said, give enough credit to the kids that do that every day. It's really I think it's overlooked how much goes into that. And the kids that are especially wanted to go do that at the next level, it's just a ton of grit and effort that we saw on display yesterday speaking more to yesterday we're actually going to get into what we saw at seven on seven players that stood out to us which i'm excited about because there were a lot and then also we're kind of going to compare and contrast what we saw at seven on seven this year versus last year and the, we actually have some very different storylines and takes regarding those two things So make sure you stick around because we're going to get into that also if you haven't seen we actually just posted All the pictures we took from yesterday, I was talking to Walker and I said earlier, and I said for two kids that don't really have a ton of background in photography, we've gotten pretty dadgum proficient at taking pictures. And it's one of our favorite things to do. But that being said, we have all the pictures up on the gallery section of our website. It's a pro subscription only. So it's just five dollars to access that and you pay that $5 fee a month, you will have continual access to all those pictures. So number one, do it for that. Number two, it's a great way to support us. Um, It keeps us being able to do what we do already. So please, if you haven't considered subscribing and helping us out. But all of that being said, Walker, we saw some fantastic play yesterday. First of all, Liberty Christian won the whole thing, won the platinum bracket, defeated Regents um, by one point um, in some very dramatic fashion, Um, let's just talk a little bit about that game first, since it was the, it was the biggest game that we saw, probably the best game I've seen in seven on seven in a long time. Who, um, who stood out to you and what'd you take away from that game?
1: I mean, I think it's the receivers on both sides for sure. And, uh, we'll talk about Liberty first, brand new Genusek and Michael stump, uh, on the outsides for Liberty. I mean, I, it's probably some of the best two man tandem at a receiver position in all of private school. Um, it's, it's disgusting because you know, Stump is such a good receiver, like he's route running at that size is impressive. And so whenever you need a five yard out or just get the guy the ball to get five yards, he can always do that for you. And he also can go up and get it, which we saw like yesterday. But then you have Janusik on the other side where, I mean, he can make anything happen. And it's it's honestly disgusting how much he's able to uh, add a ninth, nine out of ten times going up and throwing a ball to him. He's going to come down with it. Like, it's just that's what you know with him. And then you have Quentin Brown in the slot, like there, and then Chase, uh Chase Garn Barnett, the uh, Garnett. Garnett, the running back on the out other side, like their their receiving tandem is gonna be so disgusting for this fall, and you saw it in uh seven on seven all two the both days.
0: No, it's absolutely insane. I was talking to you yesterday and I said we often forget through the first six or seven games of the season last year, Brady Janusek was the best player in the state, regardless of division. I mean, I remember because I didn't get a chance to see him in person last year, but I just remember every every Sunday and Monday when I'm writing the script for the episodes, I'm just like, look at Liberty. Brady Janusek has like 250 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And I said it so many times, it almost got boring. But just seeing that kid play in person, you realize why he's doing that just because of how how elite of a level he operates at. I mean, it's incredibly fun to see. I'm going to be in the Metroplex this year actually covering games, so I'll have more of a chance to see him, which I'm very excited about. But yeah, as a as a former receiver myself, seeing the combo of Janicek and Stump playing outside, which I played, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's incredible to watch. They're incredible players. I, I love what they both bring to the table. And also just casually, Quentin Brown, the fastest man in the state, playing slot. I mean, I I don't know how you guard that Liberty is going to be so good this year. And that's not just me talking about seven on seven and getting blinded like that, which we might have done last year. No comment regarding that. But Liberty is going to be incredibly solid. I think that just solidified that what we saw this year at state flipping to the other side regents who just as easily could have won this game they went for the win um on a two-point conversion missed it by that much the throw was on the money just barely barely outside the receiver's hands but we saw some very good play from from now one of the best recruits in the 26 class quinn murphy as well as some other players walker regents had a great showing um this year at seven on seven did you take away from them
1: yeah you know we uh you know, you so Regis kinda lost a pretty big senior class, you know, led by Whitfield Powell, uh, and uh Jackson Smith at the receiver position, and you replaced them with their younger brothers who are just as good. Uh, you know, Hudson Powell is a guy that I really didn't know much about going into this, and you he definitely stood out at six six uh and pretty much caught everything that came his way the entire uh two days and it was really really impressive and then you you know you could talk more about Blake Smith the 2026 wide receiver that I mean every time you came and talked to me he's like oh he stood out to me like he was he was so good so you could talk more about him now like I mean it's it was impressive
0: yeah I was telling you first of all I'll preface this by saying his older brother Jackson Smith I think I can say for certain is the most underrated player um I've seen play in taps he he operates at a level that rarely is seen. The easy cop-out comparison is Cole Beasley just because short white guy, but he, he really plays like that. He's electric, um, and I say that because Blake plays the exact same way. Blake is – if I was drafting a seven-on-seven team because I've got draft on the brain from our last episode, I think Blake Smith might be the first pick off the board. I mean he – He's incredibly fast. He's a great route runner. He catches everything. And for a kid his size, he elevates better than almost anyone I've seen. He goes up and gets it. If you look at the first picture on our slideshow that we posted to socials, he's just absolutely elevating over some kid and just snagging the ball. He did it several times. Um, he's gonna be a great player and a key contributor for Regents this fall, and I'm incredibly excited to see what he brings to the table. And yeah, between him and Hudson Powell, the younger brother of Whitfield, I mean Hudson's six six, six seven, fast too, like four eight, four, seven, five forty. Um, Regents Regents never goes anywhere, but you can say Regents is back. I mean I know we we might have gotten away from that last year at the beginning of the season saying, I, I think we're quoted as saying St. Michael's might be the best team in, in Austin. And uh, we're not, I'm not going to say that this year. I think Regents has a great chance to make it out of the South. And also, we haven't even talked about the best player on that team, Quinn Murphy. Um, I got a chance to catch up with Quinn after one of their first games yesterday. And uh, I will say, I was talking to him And about halfway through the conversation, I realized I'm looking up at Quinn. And I thought back to November, the last time I'd seen him, and I was definitely looking down at him. And I was like, something didn't make sense. And I just asked him, I was like, how much have you grown since the season? And he said, well, at the beginning of the season, I was 5'9", and now I'm 6'2". I can guarantee you that's not an exaggeration because I'm about right at six foot, and I'm looking up at him. It's, It's crazy how much he's grown. He... He was recruited a lot based on his arm talent and his ability to make plays, not so much his size at five nine. Now he's growing into a prospect that you can recruit on the intangibles and his size. I mean, he's going to be fantastic. He's been taking the college tour all spring. I think he's happy to finally, you know, be back around his guys and settle in with them. But Walker, what did you see from Quinn that impressed you yesterday at State?
1: I mean, I the arm talent of of course was on display throughout the two days. Um, I mean that's self-explanatory. You can watch some of the throws we uh we got on camera for the last game against Liberty, and it was just it, it was just easy for him most of the time. But I think also the poise, like he was comfortable out there. And you know, uh being able to start as a freshman is something that you don't see often uh at high school level. But uh he took it and excelled and made him all the way to what, the semifinals or the quarterfinals last year. Uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, he is going to be the guy for them for the next three years and rightfully so, and he's going to have a lot of attention collegiately, but, um, at this level, being so experienced at such a young age and poised at such a young age, is so impressive. And, uh, it just speaks to the, uh, the mentality and the character of the dude, man. Uh, and he'll, he's going to grow into one of the best quarterbacks in 2026, but, uh, Seeing him at this uh, age in this class, of, this class, I um, mean, it's it's impressive.
0: You know, I talked about it with Legend Howell, the rising sophomore Bishop Lynch a couple weeks ago. There is no substitute for experience. And that's something that Quinn Murphy is going to have above pretty much anyone he plays against because of how many games he started as a freshman. And over the course of his career, he'll, he'll be more experienced than almost anyone he plays against. And especially at quarterback, I mean, you can tell. With the poise that he showed just at seven on seven, there were opposing coaches commenting on that to me, how poised he looked, even when the coaches and everyone else is getting a little bit flustered. Quinn's there just settling everyone down. And to see that from someone who just finished his freshman season, it's a scary sight. I mean, Regents always has a great culture to fall back on. But with athletes like Quinn, Hudson, Blake at the helm. Hey, Caesar. Sorry, my cat just walked across the back of the room there. But with all of them at the helm, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you bet against Regents going into the season. But we'll see. And, we'll have our division also two.
1: Also having Jacob Wilburn like is it gonna be a key piece, of course, in that uh, I can't
0: believe really quickly, I can't believe I forgot to mention Jacob Wilburn. I forgot to mention him in the draft. I forgot here, so he's gonna hate me for that, but go on.
1: No, yeah. I mean, he is gonna be one of the best linebacking prospects in twenty twenty four and one of the best defensive players in twenty twenty four especially next year. Um he is a guy that played pretty much every game both sides the entire two days. There was not a time I didn't see him playing both ways. Um and that just speaks to the character of the kid and of going in there and just doing anything he can for his team. Um yeah, it's impressive, man. He's going to be one of the best athletes to watch this year and if they put him on the receiver side, I don't know if it's just for 7 on 7 but uh, yeah, man, he's gonna be really, really impressive this year. And uh, having a leader like that, who has also played a lot, at least since his sophomore year for them, uh, a guy who's just such a versatile athlete is gonna be huge for them in their uh, wanting to have success this season uh, in the South of Division Two.
0: Absolutely. And something that impressed me was he played with Moxie. Not yeah, not a cockiness, not an overt just arrogance, but he he played like he knew he was the guy on that defense and he is. And that's someone that's someone that you want at linebacker leading your defense. I, I really do think um, Wilburn's going to be a really one of the best, if not the best defensive player in the South this upcoming year. Um, all respect to Max Granville, Ivan, Jimmy Duxworth and all of them. But they're between all of those guys. The South is loaded with defensive talent. I'm very excited to see how all that plays out. But I know we talked at length about good quarterback play. Let is let's actually I want to go back to Liberty really quickly because this is a point I wanted to make. Liberty's in an interesting situation where they're still first of all, they have a wealth of riches at quarterback. They've got oh, yeah. Cole Welliver and Hogan Nelson um, Cole Welliver, the recent UConn commit and Hogan Nelson, our offensive player of the year last year in Division two. So both of those guys are still they're splitting equal snaps in seven on seven. It's a great problem to have for Liberty. Both of those guys looked really good. Um, it's an interesting situation this late to be um, splitting that many snaps. Not really because we saw Houston St. Thomas do it last year, but Walker. We've got two incredible quarterbacks down at Liberty. What did you think of both of them and the situation sharing snaps through seven on seven?
1: You know, I'm I'm, I'm every time we go see them, you know, you're kind of hoping. All right, is one guy going to show out and be the leader? But both of them are just playing good. Like, it's like they get equal reps. I think the entire tournament, they basically got equal reps. And they just showed out both sides and, like, made accurate throws, put the ball where they needed to be. And ultimately, they never lost a game all two days. Um, So it was just very, very impressive. Um, Yeah. I think, uh, I mean... Cole, some of those last games, last throws in the state champ- in the championship game was very, very impressive. And you can see why he's committed to a division one school. Um, and Hogan also like he I, I I'm trying to compliment both because they all both did really, really good this year. Uh, and it was honestly very impressive. So it's hard to like be like, oh, this guy took the edge or this guy took the edge like in the battle because both of them played really well. Um, so, like, I think we talked about it uh, a while back in episode they probably have the best quarterback room in all of private school. Like it's not even probably close and uh, uh, you know, competition wields uh, yields great success and pushes guys to be their best. And that's, what's going to happen between them too. And uh, you know, we talked about the receivers, but on the defensive side, having uh, uh, Maddox, I want to say his last, I don't know how to say his last name. I should have asked him when I saw him, but uh, Maddox, the 2025 linebacker and uh, CJ Witten in the middle, like, they're going to have really good uh, guys who are going to be versatile and can play the run game or also in the pass. Uh, uh, it's going to be – that defense is going to be really good. And you also have Brady Janusek going to be playing both sides at the safety position. Like, uh, you know, we talked about him. Like, uh, we said at the thing, like, Speedy Nels might be the other guy, but Brady Janusik might be the best two-way dual threat guy that you can have in Texas private school next year. It's going to be ridiculous for having him on the defensive backside. But yeah, uh, that, that squad all together is going to be really, really impressive, and it's going to be fun to watch next year.
0: Absolutely, they will. I'm very looking forward to seeing how Liberty does throughout the rest of the offseason and what they come into with next season. Speaking of really good quarterback play, um we got to transition to Houston Saint Thomas with Dante Lewis. Um Dante is somebody we actually found out about and saw for the first time yeah. a year ago at 7 on 7 2022 and he just he's taking another step for sure. We know Saint Thomas is going to be very good and it's all going to start with Dante Lewis. Walker Dante made some throws that were just absolutely ridiculous in terms of accuracy and and length. Um, what did you see from him, and what did you see from some other guys in Saint Thomas that impressed you? Because they did very well.
1: Yeah, um, they—they're uh, always a fun team to be around. They're really great guys, and they're very competitive. And they are it's like they're—they're—they remember like, hey, sometimes it's just a game, and we're gonna have fun playing the game. And like that's—that's that's what I love in a team. And uh, Dante's is such a great quarterback. And every time I see him throw, I remember that and i also remember how competitive that 2024 senior class is going to be in quarterbacks like they're all good they're so all of them are really really good players um and dante is one of the best of them and he is just as long as they have him and then johan right next to him they're going to be very very good this year and like i will say it in our preview down the line but they're one of my dark horse favorites for taps division 1 this year they just they play the part and they play it really, really well, and they use their strengths of their offense to their advantage. Having Larry Benton, having Luke Edge come on the outside, uh is gonna be so so deadly for so many pla uh, so many teams they face, and also having Blaze coming in us that like the new tight end for them is and he is yoked up and has it looks really, really good at the tight end spot. They have so many weapons on the offensive side and they have the guys in the trenches to back them up. Then on the other side uh, Tyler Day, Grant Stewart shined all uh, weekend long, and guys like you know Tyler Day is always going to be the one that's talking and lead that defense, and for right, rightfully so, and he has the talent to back it up. And uh, Grant Stewart on the outside, I think he had like four or five interceptions on the on the day. Uh, I think he posted it somewhere on Twitter, but um, yeah, he he was he's going to be one of the best defensive backs in 2025. And you have Aaron Valentine as a safety position. Uh, other guys on that defensive side. They're gonna be a really talented squad, and they're they have a kind of a chip on the shoulder uh for not winning that district championship last year. And they're fighting, they're coming back to winning that district championship and proving a lot of people wrong and in the season this year. So I'm excited for that squad, man. And with Dante at the helm, I mean it's you have a lot of success coming your way if he does uh if they give him the ball and let him go to work.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, St. Thomas is always going to be a team that's in contention it's just kind of a question of can they match up with the teams from the north and last year they got shocked by antonian in that first round game and are in the district championship game sorry but i i do think they've got a ton of talent with all the guys you just mentioned um that defense is going to be even nastier this year than it was last year i'm really excited to see how they do um they were very impressive at seven on seven, but they 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 should also be poised to do well this coming fall. I'm trying to think where we should go next because we saw we saw a ton of other good squads. Let's go to First Baptist Academy out of Dallas yeah. next. Um, Hunter McCoy looks really poised throwing the ball. You know, you think of Hunter Moore as an athlete whenever you turn on his tape, but you forget how well he can throw the football, and yeah. he really looked good doing that. Um, yet again. Um, I'm a broken record saying it, but the guy that impressed me the most on the spring tour as an individual was Elijah Case in the receiver from First Baptist, and he just – all he did was solidify that in seven-on-seven. Seven. It seems that every time that I turned to see what was going on on First Baptist field, uh, Elijah was just burning people for like a 30-yard touchdown. It was incredibly fun to watch. Um, Caleb Mitchell showed that as well. I saw that they had a they had Abuchi Godwin, um, one of the prospects I really liked on the defensive line. They had him playing receiver a little bit, so that was fun to watch. But Walker First Baptist is going to be a team that is one of our favorites to go very far in Division Four. What are your thoughts on number one, how they did yesterday? Number two, how do you think that'll translate into the season for them?
1: Yeah, I think they they rival pretty much any team in the in the state. In terms of receiver talent with Caleb Mitchell, Dominic Sidney Robinson, and also Elijah Kaysen. Uh, and having Hunter McCoy, one of the best quarterbacks in 2024, and in especially Division Four, uh, come over to them is very impressive. And, you know, Taps does an interesting thing for the seven on seven tournament where they put them in the pools and then the, just the best of the best go into one and then the winners of one go into one tournament and whatever, you know. And First Baptist was one of those teams, a Division Four team. Made the the gold bracket. First Baptist had to play the likes of Hyde Park, and they beat a Division two team in Hyde Park, and then they lost the Regents forty eight to thirty two, which went on to win the championship. So they had to play really good squads all day, and they competed with them. And you know, this is all about skill position. So a Division four squad will rival any of the teams in private school in terms of receiving talent, and it's going to be very impressive to watch them this year. Uh, of course. Uh, the other team that did really good, not in this tournament, but in another tournament, Lubbock Christian is the other D4 team that we're going to have to watch. And Wilcohorn at the helm with a lot of other talent they have. We'll talk, I can talk about that later in the episode. But yeah, man, they, they're going to be rivaling them for that top spot probably in Division Four. And they looked the part today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of D4 teams, we also had a chance to watch Brazos Christian a little bit. And one thing that really stuck out to me was how poised Jackson Caffey looks for them we didn't see him in the spring they were letting Cooper Murr and uh was is it Hudson Jacobus yes and Hudson Jacobus um just kind of show what they had Jackson Caffey is definitely going to be the starter and you could see why um at seven on seven what impressed me was how vocal he was he did an incredible job of leading the team telling guys where they needed to be and just kind of keeping everyone composed it was very impressive something that Impressed me almost as much was his willingness and his ability to go out and play cornerback and play it at a high level. You don't see many quarterbacks going both ways, but in D4, I mean, you kind of have to. And talking to some guys around Brazos Christian, this doesn't sound like it's something that's only going to be four, seven on seven. It sounds like Kathy's going to play some cornerback for them in the fall, which I just love. It's just getting your nose dirty, doing whatever you can do to help the team win. But Walker, we saw we saw some guys like Jackson Caffey, Brody Garner, et cetera. Chance Locker make some plays for Brazos Christian. What did you think that you saw from the Eagles yesterday?
1: Yeah, I mean, they looked really good. And, you know, with uh, him at the helm, it's going to be uh, a very exciting sight for any fans of Brazos Christian. And they showed out uh, this game. You know, I'm I'm looking it up right now to see how they did. Uh they beat Bernie Geneva, Division three school, on the first day. Uh, they played a close game with the SPC 3A favorites, Trinity Valley, and lo- lost, but played a close game with Brook Hill, a Division II team. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be a good squad for them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they you know, do for the rest of the season. And I think this is a good stepping stone to show, hey, we can kind of compete with some of the bigger guys. And if having that mindset where we we'll ever compete, when you go into the season and go into district – that's gonna be a really, really good mindset going into those.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. So I've talked a lot about the main teams that I saw that impressed me as a team. Walker, are there any athletes that you want to talk about specifically that you got to watch that impressed you? I know that we put out a thread of headshots of guys that stood out to us and that looked good. Is there anyone that you want to talk about as an individual that impressed you that we haven't gotten to yet?
1: Uh let me th- oh, Carter Braugh from Austin Hyde Park. Uh, you know, I, we picked him in my fantasy, uh, the fantasy draft we did, and I haven't been able to see him yet in person. I only got to see film, and he looks impressive, man. True 6'5", good-looking tight end, uh, has the tools and tangibles, but definitely to be great in the run game. But he also was very athletic running around. Uh, He could catch the ball really well, and that's what every time I looked over, you know, they were trying to target him, and he caught most of the stuff that came his way. So having him at Hyde Park, and the Hyde Park squad in total – didn't look that bad. And so they're going to be poised to maybe try to fight for that second spot in that district and compete with the Regents. But um, yeah, I mean that Hyde Park squad made the gold bracket in that tournament. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the rise of that team is going to be for the next couple of years, because we haven't really known much about them until last year. And uh, with coach Dawson at the helm, which we got to meet for the first time and he was a really good dude. Uh yeah, man, it's they they have a bright future ahead of them. Like Carter Brawl is going to be one of the main guys for them.
0: Yeah, definitely so. I know that you you're a big fan of Leighton Riviera from St. Dominic Savio. I know yeah. you got to see him a little bit the last couple of days. Is there anything you took away from watching him?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's always great because you can watch the film and you're like, okay, this guy's impressive, but then seeing him live, it it when you when he can back it up live, it's also really, really good. And yeah, he'll be one of the greatest, uh, one of the best. Uh, quarterbacks in that Central Texas area this year. Uh, and he's he looked apart, man. He he threw the ball really really well. Helped Saint Don- Dominic Savio uh, compete in a lot of games, and also having uh the new guy over there. Uh, what's his name? Uh, David du- uh Duplantier, the 2024 wide receiver stands at six two, was also an impressive athlete. So with their connection going into the season, which you saw uh at the games that we're playing right now. Uh, having that connection for the fall is going to be a scary side for any team they face, and let's Le- Leighton have a great uh, receiving threat uh, for the season.
0: Absolutely. I think it really will. I'll transition to second Baptist a little bit. It was good to see Turner Murdoch coming off an injury, being back there and throwing the ball and throwing it well. It was always good to see guys get healthy and look ready for the season. Cannon Toon also looked very good. Um, I'm, a, I'm I'm a broken record. I'm a huge Cannon Toon fan because of that hit he took in the Fort Bend game and just how easily he popped back up as a freshman, mind you. So I think, I think between um, – between him, between um Jackson Powers and between Turner Murdoch. Second Baptist is gonna be very good next year. We were talking um at George's after seven on seven, just kind of thinking about division two in the South and who's poised to come out of that division. And I really do think Second Baptist is going to be one of the top dogs with that receiving talent, especially what they have in the trenches. So is there anything else about Second Baptist stood out to you, Walker?
1: No, man. They just like the way they went five and zero on the day without J.D. Crisp is kind of impressive. And, you know, we talked about it. We're having if Turner's a guy quarterback and he looks great and, you know, he didn't really get to throw much every time I saw him because they had Kyle Camorgan back there, and they used to let him run the ball, and he was very good, especially against Fort Bend. That was the game I got to see. But letting Turner probably throw the ball a little bit more when he's healthy and having Cannon Tune on one side and J.D. Crisp on the other, that's going to be a scary side for any team they face. And on, and then you have the running back tandem of Bryce Butler and Lynx and Davis. Uh, man, they, they it's going to be exciting times for a second Baptist this year, especially with Coach Brighton at the helm. Uh, it's gonna be awesome for them. And Coach Bryden definitely is probably happy to have all those guys back uh for their uh for some of their senior years to have a poise at the district championship again for Second Baptist.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. The last couple guys I'm gonna talk about um are from Kincaid and David Capobianco and Miles Raider. Um, David Capobianco is now back at the Kincaid school after an interesting journey the past year and a half, two years, maybe I'm not even going to try to follow it because it's, it's too confusing for me to keep up with, but it's good to see Capobianco back at Kincaid. First of all, I remember at the beginning of the year last year, I think it took us like four or five games of like saying that Capobianco was at Kincaid until someone was like, Hey, you idiots. He's not, he's not on the team. Like y'all need to yeah. do your research, but, but he's back at Kincaid. He looked good throwing the ball yesterday. Miles Rader also looked very good. He's one of the best defensive players in the SEC, SPC, not the SEC. Um, he's also criminally underrated. Um, he's a guy that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but once you see him in person, you realize how valuable he is to learn squad. Um, Walker, um between Capo and Miles Rader, um, anyone else on Kincaid, what did you think of that squad, how they did?
1: There's a lot of uh impressive looking athletes on that squad. And, you know, we were I was talking to Larned about it, and you know, they it's so hard to lose a guy like Dylan Bell or and Micah Bell these past couple of years. And so replacing a guy like that um is you can't really do it. But with David Campo, Bianco back, who's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SPC, and also having guys like Nico Gomez, Miles Rader, and others. Christian Murray, is that his name? Uh, Yes, Christian Murray. So having guys like that are going to be very, very uh, important for this team's success. And they might not have a guy like a Power 5 guy like Micah Bell on this team, but they have a lot of good football players on this team. And so as long as they have that and they gel and have that, you know, great coaching by Nathan Larnett at the helm. I mean, they have a res- they have a recipe to always be back there and compete in SBC 4A for, uh, this year. So it's going to be impressive to see. They had a good couple of days at Waco, and uh, I think they're going to take that momentum into the fall.
0: Yeah, I definitely think they will. All right, I've exhausted the list of guys that I'm going to talk about. Is there anyone that you want to hit on before we move into kind of overall storylines and thoughts from this
1: year? Um, I'm going through the list. Uh, I'll just shout out a couple guys. That was uh, I was good seeing Parker Joseph from New Braunfels Christian. Uh, you know we're never down in New Braunfels ever, so it's it's always good to see him. And he threw the ball really well that weekend. Uh, your boy Jonah McCown from Brook Hill won a championship in the bronze bracket, and you know he looked pretty good. Uh, and besides that, oh Jacob Rosenthal from Bernie Geneva, uh, I saw him throw the ball a little well, and then he would go and play corner on the other side. So it was always uh, it was always fun to see that. And also, uh, I'll 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 finalize with this Luke Dodd from Fort Worth Christian, uh, the Gunter transfer. We didn't we, we didn't know much about him, but seeing him out there was all it was impressive to see. And uh, with him at the helmet, should be a pretty good day uh, for Fort Worth Christian. But uh, besides that, I mean, everyone uh, was a pro- oh I'll I'll end with this Jordan Rogers from Fort Worth Christian. Uh, Always an impressive athlete. And I knew that he should be my safety because of how good he played the past couple of days. And your cat is very adorable. We'll end it on that.
0: Thank you. Caesar is one of the dumbest creatures that I've ever graced God's green earth, but he's a, uh, he's fun to look at, I guess. It's just a big lump, but yeah, no, all those guys are incredibly talented. Um, it was great to see everyone on display. Seven on seven state is, is one of the funnest things that I get to do every year. I mean, it's just really good. Okay. you You can go down. I'm sorry one of the most entertaining, um, events and just a big shout out to taps for putting that on. They did a great job of running it. There were no hitches throughout the entire time I was there. So it was just very, very fun to mostly just see the entire community that we've gotten to know, meet new people, shake new hands, build new relationships. It's just, it was an incredibly rewarding day that I was there. And I think we made some really, really great relationships and it was, it was a really fun time, but that being said, we have some overall storylines before we're going to get out of here. Um, one big thing that I wanted to hit on was the difference between this year and last year. Whereas last year, we came out of the weekend talking about kind of a, a shift in the balance of power. So we thought we turned out being wrong, but hey, it's, it's our job to speculate. But we had teams like St. Michael's and others that we didn't think were going coming into that. were going to be good and kind of got tricked and we're like, oh, these guys are going to they might run stuff they look super good this year it was more of a of a cementing the idea that the teams that have been good that we thought were going to be good are good whether that's saint thomas whether that's regents whether that's liberty it's kind of a, a statement the the powers that be kind of made a statement that said hey we've been here we are here. We're going to continue to remain here. And I think that's a that's a big it's a big storyline for this upcoming season. You know, we've we've made it a point because of last year to never put too much stock into seven on seven because it's not real football. And as much as it hurts me as an ex receiver to say that it's not, there's no tackling, there's no blocking, et cetera. But you can take some things away from it. And Walker, do you agree with that sentiment that it's kind of a, a cementing and a solidifying of the powers of the be?
1: Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, the the teams have the most talent and have the most pedigree, usually, were the ones that kind of dominated these past couple of days. And uh, with how much you can say, oh, well, they lost a couple guys or, you know, they graduated to go to class, they still remain this year. Um, and you can just tell the continued uh, this the culture a lot of these teams it just proves uh, to be strong and uh, proves to be competitive week uh, day uh, year in and year out. And it's impressive. And then like teams like Dallas versus Baptist, who um, it's a good day for those type of teams where they've been rising the past couple of years and are continuing to rise with the amount of talent they have. And especially in the skill position side, like we talked about earlier, uh, first Baptist was one of those teams that kind of shocked, but also uh, competed most, uh, most of those days.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a great to see um them as well as everyone else compete and just kind of let everyone know who they have coming into the season that's always the fun part but Walker, is there any other storylines or anything else you want to hit on because again this was just kind of a it's a quick recap episode i think we're probably at about an hour anyways but before we get out of here is there anything else that you just wanted to say regarding seven on seven that you saw
1: yeah i'll talk about midland christian and love it christian quickly from the uil uh, uh dave campbell's tournament um they competed really really well um you they did private private school proud in those tournaments um i want to say uh midland christian started off the day the what a thursday with a win over jasper who is a very very good uh 4a squad i believe and that's a big win with two guys who are probably going to go play division one football high level division one football so a big win for them uh and then i know they beat I want to say they started off the next day beating China Springs in their tournament, which uh, led by Cash McCollum, uh, one of the best teams in SB, uh UAL. I want to say 4A or 4A again. So they're another good squad. And so they ended up having to play uh Lubbock Christian in the second round, which Lubbock Christian, the the taps division four squad beat the taps division two squad in the second round of the tournament, which is very impressive by Lubbock Christian. Um, And he, they, they did really, really well uh welker horn at the helm is the first guy we've never seen him at quarterback you know we we got the legend backs townsend was the dominant figure there last year and welker takes over that role and for lubbock christian uh he has a lot of talent around him brady simmons josh rogers luke lee uh matt Pascuzzi, uh as well some of the guys that were kind of standout dudes and a guy that i was excited to see and i didn't really know much about the 2026 guy cooper carthel I was a guy that stood out to me as well for that Lubbock Christian squad Lubbock Christian beat Midland in the second round. And in the third round, they made the elite eight and lost to Pleasant Grove, which I mean, one is one of the dominant figures in uh, Texas high school football. So now never a bad loss to them, uh, but that's a good way to show that. Hey, these guys can compete, especially at the seven on seven level as long as then, once they get the uh, into the fall, bring some momentum with them. So shout out to Lubbock Christian. They had a good day uh, for Midland uh Midland did really good uh losing to another private school but uh besides that I mean they had a really good day uh, uh Colton Newsom is a guy that really stood out to me uh the 2024 athlete uh will play probably quarterback for them in the fall uh but also played the, the safety position for them in seven on seven and he you know very versatile player that's gonna be a big time player for them in the fall Boston Rodriguez was another one that stood out uh the 2025 I believe uh, athlete, uh, played safety for them and also or played corner safety for them and as well as receiver, and he'll probably play both sides of the ball in the fall. He's too good of an athlete to not do that. Uh, Avery Morgan played linebacker for them, the backup quarterback, and going to be fighting for that job. He'll be the good 2025 athlete for them, and uh, they have a new running back from uh, the transferred in. He was not there that day, but they have another receiver oh, from uh, Midland Legacy, that transferred in and I forget his name on the top of my head, but uh he was a guy that I guess grew up in Midland Christian, went to Midland legacy, came back and is going to be a poised to be an outside receiver. Number 10, I forget your name. I apologize, ma'am, but a really, really good player and uh has a little bit of moxie to him. And I really liked him, especially at the seven on seven, you know, you'd love to see it as an outside receiver. Uh So yeah, they have a couple guys that are going to be uh, very impressive and they're going to be, Definitely one to watch in the season, but overall, great day. Good meetings, with those guys, because, you know, we don't ever really get to see Lubbock or Midland during the season or uh, during uh, off season as well. So it's always great to go see those guys. Uh, so uh, it was a great time to go see them and when they were in my neck of the woods in College Station.
0: Absolutely. Hey, Midland, y'all flew us out to see a basketball game. If y'all would if y'all would have us, we would drop everything and go to a football game in a heartbeat. Um, I really, really want to see a home game. In West Texas, and I think that would be that would be fantastic so that that offer stands for Lubbock Trinity and Lubbock Christian as well I really i it's not feasible for us to get out there, but any opportunity that we can, I would take but all that being said, Walker, barring any additional comments or questions that you may have, I think that wraps up pretty much everything we wanted to talk about it was It was a fantastic day. it state seven on seven um I've already gone into my spiel on how much I enjoy it, but just know it's one of our favorite things we do every year. Um, the path forward for us looks more or less like this. We will have our we'll have our um, quarterback retreat, the TXPS Media quarterback retreat at APR Ranch with Foster Sawyer. That will be July the fifteenth. That is something that we have put I don't know how many hours and and days of work into, but we're incredibly excited for that. Um, that will be here before we know it. In terms of additional content, the f- right when July hits, which I think we are, good lord, we're less than a week away from that. Uh, Right when July hits, we're going to start our divisional previews, so we'll go D1 through D4 taps, and then SPC, um, SPC 3 and 4A, but that's kind of the roadmap of what it looks like, and then after that, we're right into the season again, which it's crazy to think that we're coming up on it that close, but we're incredibly excited for everything that's up ahead. Just always know we we have a great appreciation for everyone that supports us, and we just genuinely love doing this. It's why we continue to provide coverage. It's because it's what we would have wanted when we played and we were in high school. But all of that being said, as always, I am one half of your hosting crew, West Hollison. Walker Lott has fantastically been himself. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two,
1: one.